Good morning. Hi. All right. I had the privilege of sharing with you this morning from what I believe is the primary message from God's heart to us. And that's this. He wants you to be like Jesus. How many of you think you can be like Jesus? No, really. You know, most of us don't think we can. But God says it's his will and his purpose for your life. And if he says he wants you to be, he's provided the means for you to be. Amen? Because God just cannot lack, fail to give you everything that is ours in Christ Jesus. Oh, before I start, I just need to say hi to the live stream audience. And we welcome you this morning to be part of Faith Chapel's family. And some of you, maybe even around the world, I want to tell you that uh, something I learned after the last time I preached, which was Mother's Day, and I preached about, you know, God's heart for mothers. And while I was preaching, there was a fellow in England who was texting back to us and said his life would be changed and his attitude toward women would be changed because he joined Faith Chapel that morning. Isn't that amazing? So, Pastors Jim and Kelly, thank you for for live-streaming Faith Chapel because you're touching the world with your vision. Amen. All right, yeah, this is all about vision, isn't it? And this actually goes right along with what Pastor Jim and Pastor Kelly have been sharing. And um, as part of the staff, I've had the privilege of helping to shape some of the material that's used in the discipleship process here at Faith Chapel because our goal really is for you to become like Jesus. All right? All right, first I want to start with this little story. There was a, a very wealthy man, and his son was about to graduate from high school, and he really wanted a blessing. And he had the means to just do about anything. He knew that his son at the time was in love with a Chevy Camaro. Thought that was the greatest car. So he took him out. They went from various dealerships, and they found just the model and just the color, everything that he wanted. And so... The father, you know, he, he, the kid had it in his heart that this is what dad was going to do for me, is he's going to buy me this car for graduation. And so he just couldn't wait for graduation day. The day came, and his father called him into his office, and he handed him a package. The son, and, and the father, by the way, was a devout believer, spent hours loving the Lord, serving the Lord in prayer, and yet was still very successful. Anyway, He called his son into his office, and he handed him the package, and the son opened the package, and it was a Bible. And the son put it down on his father's desk in anger and stormed out of the room, and his relationship with his father was broken. For years, he never really recovered that relationship, and behind the scenes, dad did everything he could to help this this young man be successful, and he was successful. The day came when the father died, And the son came back for the funeral, and he happened to go into the office, walked over to the desk, and there was the Bible. He picked it up and opened it, and out fell an envelope. He opened the envelope, and there was a check to the dealership for the exact Camaro that he had wanted. Sad story, isn't it? You know what's just as sad? When our Heavenly Father says, 
I want to give you all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. And we, we don't like the conditions that he puts on the gift. So this morning, I don't want to make you feel guilty. I want to show you, I'm going to give you an invitation to understand what the Father's heart is for you. He really does want you to be like Jesus. And he's done everything necessary to transform us. I mean, most of us are familiar with the verse in first, or 2 Corinthians 5, which says, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Behold, the old has gone and the new has come. And, you know, sometimes we think that, well, that means that my sinful human nature is going to be gone forever. I never have to fight with it again. And now I'm just a wonderful Christian person and will have nothing but a glorious life. And, uh, and by the way, God will give me everything that I want. Anybody ever want anything from God? Come on. In fact, how many of our prayers are asking God for things we want? instead of receiving things that he wants for us. Listen, parents, do you lo- have you loved your children? What do you want for your children? You, know, you want good for your children, right? You want the best for them. You want them to be blessed. You want them to know that they're loved beyond all measure. You want them to be successful. You want them to know how valuable they are to you, how proud you are of them. Some people go through life never hearing from their human parents how proud their parents are of them. But you know, your heavenly Father wants you to hear it from him. Amen? All right, I want to start this this, uh, revelation that I hope the Holy Spirit will make to you this morning. It's the Father's will and purpose for all who are born of God to be like Jesus. How do I know that? Well, let's look at Romans 8, 28 and 29. Now, this is a verse that most people stop halfway through (laughs) because it talks about God giving us good things, all right? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, and that's where we stop. But what is his purpose? For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed, what? to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. See, when you get born again, you get to be born as Jesus' brother or sister in the family of God. And if you're one of God's kids, do you think he wants to bless you? (laughs) Do you think he has good in his heart for you or evil? Huh? You know that he has good in his heart for you. And you know what his best is? That you be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That you find out what true sonship, true daughtership is like and how to have the greatest relationship with God that's humanly possible. The kind like Mary was talking about this morning that she's still discovering more about because it's an ongoing life process. Uh, Most of you probably can tell that I'm not a teenager. In fact, if I push my skin, it wrinkles a lot. I couldn't do that as a teenager. Yeah, I'll be 74 this summer. Isn't that, God, isn't that great? 
and my head doesn't know it. <laughs> and my heart doesn't know it, but my body occasionally reminds me. Why? Because it's my earth suit. Okay? And my earth suit is temporary. Your earth suit is temporary. You aren't, but your earth suit is. Do you know that Jesus knew that? That his earth suit was temporary? We'll see that in a minute. First of all, it's the Father's will and purpose. So, so here's one thing I want, I want to remind us all of this. God has a will, purpose, and plan that is being worked out on the earth. Do you believe that? And it started in the Garden of Eden. And he's the one that put two trees in the garden. Adam and Eve didn't go into the botany lab and discover how to grow the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Satan didn't sneak into the garden and plant it there. God put it there. So the potential for man to fall was in the garden by God's will. Sometimes that's hard for us to understand. That God would allow... Satan to get in the garden and tempt man. And how did man actually fall, folks? How did man actually fall? The devil deceived Eve and Adam followed as an act of his will. If that angel, the devil, could deceive a third of the angels of heaven, do you think God knew he could also deceive that man and that woman? See, sometimes we think God knowing everything means God made it happen. Well, God didn't make it happen, but he certainly allowed it to happen. And why did he allow it to happen? Game on. Game on. You see, the reason the earth exists is Jesus appeared so that the devil's work would be defeated. The reason the earth exists is so God will be glorified, the devil will be defeated and removed forever from his kingdom. That's one of the main reasons this earth exists, folks. Amen or not? And sometimes we think, oh, oh, man blew it. Oh, yeah, man did blow it, but not without some influence from the enemy. And by the way, is he still trying to influence you? He tried to influence Jesus. Didn't he? he? In the temptation, didn't he try to influence Jesus? And do you think he wasn't trying to influence Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? That struggle that was going on wasn't just between Jesus and the will of God. It was between the devil and God over Jesus and whether he would fulfill the will of God. Folks, we need to have our heads on with what the Bible really teaches. All right? Why do you exist, for you or for him? This verse says you exist for him by his will and purpose. Amen? All right, so there's point number one. Point number two, it's the son's example and provision that you be like Jesus. John 14, 9 to 11. He was trying to teach his disciples that he was going to go. He was going to go to heaven. He's going to prepare a place for them. And they weren't getting it. And Philip said, after Jesus said, you know, he who has seen me has seen the Father, Philip said, oh, just show us the Father. That's all we really need. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been with you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say 
Show us the Father. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. So Jesus, if you want to be like Jesus, what does this verse say you have to be? One with the Father. Amen? And you, want, you, you need to be about the Father's business here on earth. Now, is it possible to have a human career and still be about the Father's business? Absolutely. Be whatever God has gifted you and called you to be as far as your vocation on earth is concerned, but be the Father's son or daughter and be about his business as you make your living on the earth. Amen? All right. How about John 17, 1 to 4? After Jesus, and I'm going to dot, 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 looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. What was Jesus' number one desire? To fulfill the Father's work and to bring him glory in doing so. Can you do that? Can you be like Jesus? He said, uh, glorify your son that your son may glorify you, for you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those that you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now notice this, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. You see, to be like Jesus, all you need to do is finish the work that God has given for us to do. Wow, that was easy. I mean, I thought I had to give it my best effort for God rather than being one with God and allowing him to accomplish his kingdom purpose through my life as I listen and obey as Pastor Jim preached last week. He said, look, folks, it's simple. It is. But you know what the hardest thing to do is? Die to self. Yeah, that's exactly right. You see, more than once Jesus said to his disciples in the Gospels, anyone who wants to be my disciple must deny himself. And in Luke it says, take up his cross daily and follow me. By the word, Deny self, I did a study on this for our school of ministry. If you want to tout the school of ministry, I was one of the profs. Um, deny yourself meant disown who you are in the flesh. Hmm. Well, I thought it was important. I am Roger Stewart. My parents were William and Harriet Stewart. And all they could give me was a sinful human nature. Hmm. And a lost spirit. But my heavenly father, he wants me to honor my parents, but he wants me to know him as father. He wants me to know that I've been born again 
to a living hope. And I want him to be my father more than I want my earthly parents. Amen? So have you ever struggled with a verse? You must hate father and mother and brother and sister and even wife and husband in order to be my disciple or in order to know my love. You see, we have to take on our new identity. If anyone is in Christ, the old has gone what? New identity. You got God's DNA when you were born again. All right. How else? How are we going to be able to accomplish it in the flesh? No. Because God says, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit who will be with you. And in Romans 8, it says, if by the Spirit we're putting to death the deeds of the flesh, we're living as God's children and we can cry from our hearts, Abba, Daddy. So how do you live like Jesus did? By the power of the Holy Spirit. I love the way uh, Bill Johnson, an author I like to read, said. He said, if Jesus did everything he did on earth because he was God, I'm impressed, but I'm not obligated. Because I'm not God. I mean, he was man, but he was also God. But if Jesus laid aside his glory, put on human flesh became a man, and then everything he did, he did by dependence on God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a different story. Why? Because he's taken sin that would keep us from being able to be one with God out of the way and given you his righteousness. There's no barrier for you being like Jesus because he's taken care of it. Amen? So now all we need to do is walk in the Holy Spirit (laughs) Now, that's easy, right? I'm always in the Holy Spirit lie. (laughs) And God hates liars, so God... Okay. You get it? We must be dependent. You see, this is the great thing about God, a relationship with God. He designed it so you would be dependent upon him. Satan's sin was he refused to be dependent on God anymore. And he tempted Eve with the same thing. Oh, you can be like God. You don't need to be subject to him. You can be equal with him. How many of us live as though we're equal with God? Like our will is more important than? Hmm. Don't take that as condemnation. Take it as an invitation to flip it and start being like Jesus. All right, John 16, 13 and 19. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Then Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. I pray that you might be given, that, the, that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you may know him better. You need a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God. Do you know that? You can't just... <clears throat> or even read the Bible with your human ability and find God the way God wants you to know him, it takes a ministry of the Holy Spirit in you. 
your spirit and the Holy Spirit coming into such alignment that you actually know the Father's love. That verse goes on to say, uh, I want you to know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. That power is like the power that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority and power, dominion, and every name that has been given, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Anybody here would like to have some authority in this kingdom? Come on. (laughs) Do you see what God's willing to give you in Jesus Christ? And he's given us Christ as head over the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen. So who would you like to have as the source for your life, you or the Holy Spirit and God? I mean, you want to live a supernatural life? God says it's totally possible, and it's not only possible, it's my will for you. Because I want you to accomplish my purpose on the earth. And, and I'm going to give you everything you need to see it done. Amen? Hey, you know, there's verses that say, gee, if we just agree with what God's will is, then we know that we have the answer already. And some of us are living as though we're really submitted to God when we're really committed to ourselves. And then we, we step outside and we pray that prayer that we know God would have to agree with, and we think that, We're in. And then we're disappointed when we don't see the answer to the prayer. And yet we're not living in accordance with God's will, yet yet we want to act like we are. Amen? Come on, let's be real, church. It's hard to live for God when the flesh fights so hard against you. Amen? And the devil's out there trying to say, oh, come on. That religious stuff is a little bit over the top, isn't it? To live all out for God? What about you? <laughs> hey, listen, I've been hearing the voice too. All right, here's, here's for our notes. How can I become like Jesus? And the first answer is this. Let God be the source of your identity. Know God as your father and live from that identity. Amen. You guys ready for that one? Sorry, moms and dads, grams and gramps. Your love is very important, and your input in the lives of those people that have been given into your care is very important. But even more important is that they know this father. Amen? And that they see that example in you. See, Jesus understood that his earth suit was from Mary, but he knew that God was his true father, and he knew it from a young age. Didn't you know I would be in my father's house? He knew it when he was baptized. Why? Because the heavens tore open, it says. And he heard, they heard a voice from heaven that sounded like thunder. This is my beloved son in whom I am what? <laughs> well, please, wouldn't you love to hear that? You know, you can every night. When you lay your head on that pillow. Every day when you wake up, you can hear it. Every time he uses you, you can feel it. 
Matthew 4, 16 was that verse. And it says, the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove and rested on him in bodily form. I, I heard a sermon by that same pastor that I just mentioned. And he said, if there was a dove resting on your, on your shoulder and you didn't want it to fly away, how would you walk? How would you talk? Well, guess what? There's a Holy Spirit resting on you. How do you walk? How do you talk? Isn't that good? Except that, ex number two, except that your purpose for being is to do what God has assigned for us to do as his son or daughter. My purpose for being is not to see how famous I can become on the earth. If I do become famous, I hope it's for his glory. Okay, thank you. My, my wife says I say that too many times. I wanted you to say it for me. <laughs> you know, preachers get in the habit of saying certain things, and sometimes we can say it over and over again. She's such a helper. She is. Even when she lets me know that I say amen too much. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ephesians 2.10 says, Ephesians 2.10 says this. 8 says this, For by grace you were saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is what? The gift of... For you were recreated in Christ Jesus to do the good works that God prepared beforehand that you should walk in. You want God to use you? You want to see miracles happen at your hand? Give yourself totally to that. To do the will of God as he has ordained and prepared that you should have the privilege of co-laboring him with. And it's so awesome. You know what? How did Jesus bring glory to God? We saw it in the other verse. By doing the things that God had called him to do. And when he got to the end, he said, Hey, hey Daddy, I did everything that you had for me to do. Wouldn't you like to be able to say that when you stood before, before God? I, hey, Daddy. It was so great. You helped me so much, and I was able to do everything that you gave me to do. Hallelujah. What has he given us to do? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? It's already being done in heaven, folks. He's not waiting you for you to get to heaven for his will to be done. Some of us actually live that way. Well, when I finally get to heaven, then, then finally, okay, then, then his will be done in my life. No, it's for now. It's for now. You get to bring him glory and have his power released through your life. Isn't that awesome? Come on. I, what a privileged people we are. I'm so glad I'm not an Old Testament saint. 
thank you, Old Testament saints, for what you did when, when you went through what you went through. But I'm so glad that I live in this day and age. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. And to make his love and presence known. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, I'm, I'm King James in it, aren't I? <laughs> knoweth not God, for God is Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not does not know God, for God is love. There, I gave you in 20th century English. All right. 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God appeared is to destroy the devil's work. The one who doesn't do God's will is, according to that verse, of the devil. Ooh. Is that really in the Bible? You mean by me not being willing to just go all out for God and with God, I'm actually not totally with God? Wow, sometimes we don't think about things like that, do we? Because God is so gracious and he's so loving and he's so kind. But guess what? He's not going to change his purpose and his plan for you. And Jesus didn't live that way. He was all out and all the way. Amen? So is it possible for you to live like Jesus? Is it going to cost you? Do you know what Jesus said of his disciples? They're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So the third thing is to live to glorify God from his presence and power at work and in in you and through you. Don't you love what Jesus prayed for us in John 17? My prayer is not for these alone or the disciples alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. How is the world going to know that Jesus is real? And the answer is when he's living in you and through you. When the Father is in you and living through you. Are you hearing me this morning? This is an invitation from the Father to have a spiritual life beyond anything you could think or imagine as a human being or from your human effort. It's saying surrender. <laughs> surrender to my will. Surrender to my love. Surrender to my presence. Surrender to my power. Surrender to my purpose for you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, 
so that they may be brought to complete unity. Listen, that unity he's talking about is our unity this way. He just described it. It's our unity this way. Because if we have unity this way, we will have unity this way. Amen? It's automatic. If you have unity this way, you have unity this way with those who have unity this way. (laughs) Now, if it's the world, it says the world's going to hate us. But you know what? I don't... I'm not out to please the world. I'm out to love the world, but I'm not out to please the world. And I'm sorry, folks, but I really don't care what's happening in Hollywood. If I click that channel on, I just go, oh, my gosh. Click again. Now, do I care about the souls that are in Hollywood? I certainly do. But I care about who's divorcing who, and who's hating who, and who's remarrying who. No. It's of the world. Do I care about lost people? Yes, I do. Yes, I do, because God cares about them. Are you with me? Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Boy, that's the kind of love I want to experience. The kind of love that Father, God, and Jesus have for each other. How about you? All right, so then listen to this prayer that Paul prayed. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he would strengthen you with power by his Holy Spirit, so that Christ might truly dwell in your heart. That you might have power together with all the saints to grasp How wide and long and high and deep is this love of Christ, which surpasses your human ability to comprehend. Now to him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that you might ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within you, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, now and forever. And everyone can now say, Amen. Do you want to be like Jesus? All it takes is identity, purpose, presence, and power. And God's made all available to us all in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. He's a redeemer. He's merciful. He's patient. Guess what? If you haven't been able to plug into this yet, do you think he's mad at you? No. He's up there going, come on. He's like the father who was waiting for the prodigal. Come on. 
Let me run to you and cover you with my kisses. Let me give you the, the robe that says you're my anointed and beloved son. Let me put sandals on your feet. Let me put the ring of authority on your finger. Let's celebrate and have a party <laughs> because you've come home. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for everyone that's in this room. Thank you for the privilege this morning of inviting them to realize that you have made it possible for them to be like Jesus. Like Jesus in your love. Like Jesus in your presence. Like Jesus in your working through our lives. And like Jesus in bringing you glory by doing your will here on earth. Such a wonderful plan. Such a loving God. And I thank you, God, that you're calling us to continue to pursue and press in to being dependent on you, obedient to you, submitted to you, and glorifying you. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now I have um, something that's a little sad to do. I'd like to call my wife, Joyce, to come up here and be with me. Is she here? I know she is. Joyce and I have been here as part of Faith Chapel and its ministry for 23 years. And she's been a part of it all. <laughs> well, we're going to have to say goodbye because we feel God's called us to a mission field. It's a retirement community in Florida, and we're going to enjoy some of it, <laughs> and, and we're going to use it to stay healthy because it's an active community. It's a, a place where year-round we can be actively working and involved in uh, doing one of the things we love to do, which is to dance. Every day there's dancing from 5 to 9. <laughs> yeah. Of course... And, and the first time we went dancing in the villages, we met the first couple that, because we went there for a vacation, we met, the first couple we met is a retired minister and his wife. And they walked over to us and said, would you teach us to dance like you dance? <laughs> and then they said, you're coming to Florida? Oh, we can't wait for you to be here because we want to work together for the kingdom. Isn't that great? So you think God's in this? I think God's in this. So. I was going to say. Hold on. Here. See, she knows how to take, take control. This is bittersweet. Now we know God's calling us there, but. You'll always be our church home. And whenever we come up to visit, because we still have family in the area, 
we have some kids and grandkids. We have four sons. One's in Connecticut, one's in New York City, and then tour around this area. And um, we want to come back and fellowship and worship and catch up. And we haven't been on Facebook, but I think we probably should so we can keep better connected when we're away. Not going to live there, though. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not going to spend a lot of time on Facebook, but... If we didn't know that God was in this, we wouldn't do it. Because it's hard to leave. I'm sorry. But I'll tell you what. Just as an added... As, Please, go ahead. as an added bonus, I was able to finish the school of ministry, and the timing was just perfect. Because I really feel like God has continued to grow me and prepare me so that I feel like we are we're more ministering truly as a couple, as equals. And so we just pray for his glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So, I thought this would be really, really messy, knowing Pastor Roger and how he emotionally is. But I think I've, I'm feeling that myself. So, I'm going to try and communicate well. Um, we, we love you guys so much. Um, I, I cannot say how, I, I cannot describe how amazing you two are and how significant you are to the body. Um, you know, you just undergirded so much with standing with us, believe it in us. Um, you're amazing. We love you. Running with the vision, having the vision, believing that God, it's of God and that we got to keep going for it, keep going for it. We, we just love you. Um, so we're here uh, to pray for them. They're going to be here um, a while more, maybe a month and a half or so before they actually leave Syracuse. But, um, you know, this has been known for a long time that they were feeling led to move. And so today's the day we announce it. Um, make sure you spend time with them. Tell them how much you love them um, and how much you appreciate what God has done um, through their lives for you. Um, but I just want to pray for Pastor Roger and Joyce. And um, we do. We love you so much. And so, Father God, we, Lord, we celebrate what you're doing, God. And uh, we know sometimes goodbyes are hard. We, um, I just think of Paul on the, on, uh, with the elders of Ephesus, God, and how they just wept together. 
But you're faithful, Lord. We are faithful. We, we know that you are in this. We know that you're working, God. And, and so, um, Lord, we, we say your will be done. Yes. Lord, do what you have planned to do. Accomplish what you have uh, planned to accomplish, Lord. And we celebrate them. We celebrate the relationship, the love, God, that we have for one another. And, God, um, Lord, that you, you, you had them on loan to us for 23 years. We celebrate that. God, and now they have another mission, a separate mission, or a continuation of a mission in a different place, Lord. God, so we just bless them now, God. We bless what you're doing, God, in their lives, God. And we thank you, Father, for them, God. We'll give you all the praise right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well. I would ha- like to have the, uh, the altar ministry team come up, and, and uh, if you have need of ministry for any reason, uh, we would just encourage you to come and, and receive what God has for you. But aside from that, we've prayed our closing prayer. We want to dismiss you. There'll be a time of fellowship in the atrium. Grab coffee, hang out, get to know some people. Uh, but we love you. Have a great week, okay? Bye-bye.